Larson completed his orientation for IndyCar, which is required, of course, to participate in the Indy 500. Wouldn't you want to go 217 miles an hour for your when you had orientation back in the day? That'd be kind of a cool, fun orientation, and it would be very fascinating, Trey. Different cars, though, than stock cars, so it's not directly transferable, which is why, as we opined in the Fast Five at Five-ish, and you can check that out momentarily, Fast Lane, Ned Lane, where you listen to podcasts, about, yo, I'm fine with motorsports not being part of the Olympics as other sports are potentially being introduced because there's just so many different disciplines and it's hard to put them all under one type of car and uh, expect people to really showcase their greatest gifts. It's just part of what makes motorsports unique. Uh, so I get that. Steven Stump covers motorsports, frontstretch.com, and he's with us here in the fast lane. Steven, a pleasure to speak with you. NASCAR, or I guess we should say motorsports, will not be part of the upcoming Olympics, at least they're not being pushed to a vote to be included in LA 28. You fine with that, or would you like to see something like that? So, from someone that loves motorsports, I'd love for it. I'd love for it to be in there. It sounds good. It's a good. It sounds like a good idea on paper. But like you said, there's just so many different. There's so many different. You know, different disciplines to where that if they were going to do it, they'd have to have like completely separate categories. And when it comes to the cars provided and so on, I think there's just too many obstacles in the way that would prevent you, that would prevent them from having like a legitimate, you know, competition for motorsports at the Olympics. It's a great idea, but I'm not surprised to see it off. And because I think there's just too many questions surrounding how it would work. No question. I mean, that, that's the big thing that we come came to a conclusion on as well is just there's too much moving around and uh, and why it seems like it might be a good idea to some, but uh, it, it's hard to really get a gauge on that. Meanwhile, getting a gauge on NASCAR, other stories that have popped up and we're discussing those with Stephen Stumpf of FrontStretch.com. The blend of different disciplines. Street racing is new to NASCAR. It was introduced to Chicago this year. It is set to return in 2024, but... The latest jab thrown from Chicago is Mayor Brandon Johnson saying the decision comes even though the inaugural event, quote, generated less economic impact than predicted and cost the city, end quote. Uh, When you start to hear that and all the other consternation about whether or not this event was even going to take place on the road course in Chicago this year, plus the grumblings of potentially looking at other venues for NASCAR, road racing itself seems like a cool idea. Is it long, though, for road racing in Chicago, or is the 2024 edition maybe a stay of supposed execution, hypothetically speaking, of course, moving this race off the NASCAR schedule? I mean, I do think, I mean, I think from just a racing perspective, I think the inaugural race in July blew everyone away. I mean, in, in, in terms of TV ratings, it's NBC's highest in six years. But if the, if the city officials are saying that in terms of economic impact, then it may not be that race may not be as on, on solid foundation as we think. However, what happened also during that weekend is you know the first weekend is that there was it was rain, rain, rain. All the pre-race concerts and all the I think there's the chain smokers and all of that got canceled. And I have to imagine that definitely I think that had to absolutely play a factor in um, the money they made not being as much as they thought it would be. But obviously, you know, for the cup race, at least once the rain, you know, the rain cleared up and we were able to get the race in, it was fantastic. So I think 
you know, I think just from an economic standpoint, I hope I, I would hope the city gives it another shot. And if it's on the schedule, I imagine that's what they decided to do. But I hope they give it another shot because I thought it put on a pretty good show. And if the weather is fine next time, I think that adds the opportunity to be even better economically for the city. Stephen Stumpf at Stephen underscore Stumpf on Twitter and Instagram. And he's with FrontStretch.com and... He's hanging out with us today here in the fast lane. Uh, another nugget for NASCAR in expanding their horizons, or maybe re-expanding their horizons. A week ago, it was announced that iRacing will produce NASCAR's new simulation-style video game in 2025 after buying out NASCAR's contract with Motorsport Games, so it'll make it available on mobile phones, computers, plus PlayStation 5 and Nintendo Switch and other potential consoles that are out there. You wrote about this for FrontStretch.com. How important is it for NASCAR to have different types of video games and accessibility, not necessarily for people like me, I'm in my mid-30s, but for younger people, particularly kids that are growing up, and uh, use this as a path to introduce them to being a fan of the sport? I think, I think, I think you hit, hit the nail on the head there. It's, it's, it's more than just a game. It's an, it's an avenue to get more people, more fans interested in, in watching. Because, And I think, you know, I was I was very elated near the iRacing deal. In fact, I tweeted out a, a gif of fireworks when the, when it was announced because you know iRacing has hit everything out of the park. With it being on mobile, PC, and consoles, it's going to be everywhere. And I think you know they absolutely have the potential to produce one of the best games that NASCAR has seen in a while. But back to the point of it being important. I th- um, I mean, what kid doesn't play video games growing up? And 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 to that point, like. A lot of the NASCAR um, games that were put out in late 2000s, 2010s, they just didn't really stack up with, you know, highly other popular games. And, like, for example, you know, growing up, I had a bunch of friends that loved basketball, that loved football, and they were playing NBA 2K. They were playing Madden NFL. They were playing all those games. But if NASCAR had a, um, a really exceptional video game, would they be playing that? And if they were playing that, would they get, potentially get into watching more? So I think... I think there's absolutely the potential to, you know, get more fans involved and interested in NASCAR that way. And I think, you know, just looking at the demographics and the ratings, um, a younger audience is something that NASCAR is desperately looking for. So I think that has the potential. I don't think it's going to be an immediate process because, but I think if there's like if the game if the game is hit out of the park and if it and if it keeps being good in the years that in that years that go on. I think it absolutely has the potential to, you know, be another, you know, a source of um, a source of income and also a source, you know, of getting new people interested in the NASCAR. Stephen Stumpf with us here from FrontStretch.com talking all sorts of NASCAR storylines, including the fact that we've seen quite a bit of shuffling of the deck with different organizations in NASCAR. The abrupt announcement that uh, the Sheldon Creed will no longer return to Richard Childress Racing in the Xfinity Series. Carson Hosovar finally making the jump up official for Spire Motorsports, something that had been long rumored for quite a while. Uh, all sorts of little nuggets popping up. The path to getting to Cup. You wrote about this at frontstretch.com, how for years it was very obvious, trucks, then Xfinity, then NASCAR. Are we ditching the trucks as a path, or is this more just a, there's no one-size-fits-all that we're starting to see? So, the truck series was founded in 1995, and if we look, if we kind of look, I think, you know, the Super Rookies era um, in 1999 and the early 2000s, that's when all the big names that dominated the 2000s and 2010 took everyone by storm. 
Tony Stewart was the first of those to, you know, become a superstar NASCAR after the Truck Series was formed. But generally, if you – so I also – but I also, you know, part of the article I wrote is I, I took a look at all the drivers that debuted in 1999 or later. There were 25 of them that had scored at least five wins. And it was, sometimes it was a combination of trucks, then Xfinity, then Cup. Sometimes it was just Xfinity, and then Cup. Sometimes it was partial season of trucks, full season of Xfinity, then Cup, some other mismatch. But generally, the Xfinity series was the one constant. Like, regardless of what other series the driver went to, it seemed like that was one that they always went to before to hone their skills before moving on to Cup. There were only there were two exceptions to that rule prior to the next gen car. Kurt Busch, who had, was a rookie in trucks in 2000 and went to, went up to Roush's Cup team in 2001, and Carl Edwards, who drove for Roush's truck team in 03 and 04 before moving up to Cup and Xfinity full time in 2005. But now, it's, but now, you know, as we've seen in the recent news, Zane Smith is going straight from trucks to cup. Osovar is going straight from trucks to cup. And likewise, a couple of years ago, that's exactly what Todd Gillen did as well, moving from FRM's truck team all the way up to cup. And is there a reason why we're seeing that now? Because it's, it's generally something that hasn't happened. I think, I think the reason why, and, and what I mentioned in the article, is that the next-gen car and the Xfinity R car are completely different. And ask any driver... And it and it sounds and they get, they give the impression that it's the truck car, the trucks and the cup cars are a lot more similar to drive. The you know the the constant is that the cup the the cup cars and the trucks have more grip, more downforce, while the Xfinity cars have less grip, less downforce, and that's you know completely polar opposites in terms of driving. And so and and so if the trucks and the, and the cup cars are similar, then they would you know tend to believe that you know. The people that excel in trucks would be great in the cup car, right? Because they're essentially driving almost the same style of racing. On the other hand, Xfinity, it's completely different and might need time to adjust. So I think if we keep going the current direction with the next-gen car and all three cars staying the same, I think we'll be seeing more drivers go from trucks to cup because if the trucks give um, drivers the best chance to hone their skills at kind of learning the ins and outs of the next-gen car, I imagine that's how people drivers will move up. Now... And just trying to be a ladder, it, it seems counterintuitive to have the Xfinity car completely different from the Cup car in terms of driving, right? Well, that's what I think, but at the same time, that's also, you know, that's a topic for another day. But I think, but overall, I think if, if things continue and the where they're going, I do think we can see more drivers going from trucks to Cup if, with how similar those cars are. Shifting gears, pun intended, with Steven Stump here in the fast lane, and last one for you, the race itself this weekend at Las Vegas. Historically, this has been the race where the champion, the winner of this, has a leg up on the championship because they locked themselves into Phoenix. Who do you like to be able to do that and capitalize on their opportunity? I, I think it's going to depend on which manufacturer is better. I mean, it's, I mean, aside from Ryan Blaney dominating the Coca-Cola 600, it's kind of been mostly a mix of Chevrolet and Toyota at the front on the 1.5 mile intermediate. If it's if it's Chevrolet, I think that's going to be the races for William Byron and Kyle Larson. I think both of them will make the championship four anyway, regardless of whether they win or not this weekend. If it's Toyota, I think Hamlin has to be one of the favorites, considering that he's he's won at Vegas actually, and he's uh, he's actually won at all four of the tracks you know coming up. So I have Byron and Larson, but Hamlin's a good Las Vegas, and you know despite despite you know, 
seven straight weeks outside the top 15. I'm also looking at Truex, and I think he might be good too because, you know, if Toyota's fast, he was, you know, very fast at Kansas in the spring. Kansas, and he was looking very fast at Kansas in practice and qualifying in September, but then we didn't get to see how good the car actually was because they wrecked out on lap three. But I think if it's if it's Chevrolet versus Toyota, I think it's going to be those four dominating out front. That is what I believe. There it is, Stephen Stump, frontstretch.com and at Stephen underscore Stump on Twitter and Instagram as well to keep up with his work. Stephen, thank you for jumping around all over topics today in the fast lane, and we'll see who uh, who emerges with a victory at Vegas and pushes themselves much closer to a championship. My pleasure to be on. You know, and there's obviously lots to talk about with NASCAR at the moment. Indeed, there is. Stephen Stump with us here in the fast lane. When we return, Max Starks, we'll talk with him. College football, he's on the call for Miami, North Carolina. Game three of our Saturday triple header. We'll predict those games tomorrow, plus NASCAR at Vegas. And yes, a lot on Wake Forest, Virginia Tech, part of that triple header. All that coming up tomorrow in the fast lane. But coming up next, the former and two-time Super Bowl winning champion offensive lineman with the Pittsburgh Steelers, Max Starks in the fast lane.